Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, we are back to bed. The North Division is not yet because they still haven't started playing hockey. Well, they will. Their, the regular, their regular season isn't over yet. Yeah, uh, if you're the, the Canucks, t- you've been going strong. At the time of recording, at least. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous stuff. Have you guys watched any of those Canucks games that are still no. going on? Good. No, I, I saw the Twitter. I didn't. See, I saw the reactions from everyone. I didn't see the game. People still tweeting about them. Yeah, a they lot. were really like, like the uh, they were the typical jokes from people that you expected. Where when when uh, Vancouver went down early, mm-hmm. people said, "Guys, I don't think they're making the playoffs." <laughs> not bad. That's not bad. I mean, they're still playing hockey, and you know, none of the other bad teams are. That's how you have That's to think about it. Yeah. Guys, so I think last time we recorded there had Washington had played game one and we in the it was in the middle of the Penguins Islanders game one we were recording. Yes. The Islanders won that game. So that was pretty cool. Palmieri of a pair of goals. It's really funny how Lamorello's moves are already working out for him. It is espe- especially considering like for the re- the rest of the regular season after Palmieri joined the team, he wasn't like he wasn't a big contributor, but you he, always he had that. Yeah, he, he was, yeah, yeah, like, but you always had this feeling that it that wasn't that move wasn't necessarily just made for the regular season, that move was made for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that too. And man, it's just funny because, like, it's when he first did that trade, he said the most Lou Lamorello thing ever. Like we, you know, we had a lot of other options out there in the market, but when New Jersey said that they'll include Travis Ajak in the deal, like I had to go with that one. That is pretty Lou, eh? Yeah. I I don't believe a lot of that, but I feel like he was always going to get Sajak. They were in on Hall, right? Like they were this. It was apparently the offer that they sent to the Islander, or the that that they sent to the Devils was the offer they had sent for Taylor Hall. Right. Which is hilarious because the Sabres just looked so bad there. So bad. But you know what? We'll talk about the Caps again a little later. Taylor Hall's been really good. Like him and Krejci have just been, surprise, surprise, a really good winger with an underrated centerman equals very, very good. It's weird. Well, we might as well stay on the Islanders in the the Penguins room because it's a tied series. Would you guys make a decision? Barry Trotz decided to go away from Sorokin, who had won the first game. And had went with our good – he's not a good guy. Simeon Varlamov for game two. And that first game, he didn't move on it. It was, it was the easiest goal ever. It was, it, was very, it was very weird that he made that decision. I didn't necessarily think Sorokin played uh, poorly in game one. And then they put Varlamov in. And like you said, that goal, the, I think it was Brian Rust, right? Yeah. From almost the – from almost the line and it just goes right above his glove he flinched it's like oof it was bumps 
He was the goosebumps. I don't know. Like I, I kind of felt that too. Or you know, you already go with the one guy you have. Game one, you won it. Like it was there something that you really saw that you know like, this had to be changed at this point because I don't know Varlamov went in cold. It's almost like you know Florida are having some goaltending things right now, but like just go with the hot hand. Like, I didn't see a reason for it. Like I know there was that they had a bit of issues with that a Leonard a couple of years ago when they kind of played him a bit too much, like maybe a game too too much back when he was still there. And it seems like they've gone the opposite route here. It was, it was really cool. They had a stat that I didn't realize Sullivan had been around this long. Him and Trotz have met five times in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. The Washington been, days. Yeah, and the last two that have gone true. seven, Barry's won them both. Yeah, that's he true. I love well, he was there when they swept him, right? Barry Trotz? That was his first year. Was that it? was his first year, yeah. Mm-hmm. When um, Remember the Penguins were doing those weird moves? Yes. The Derek Broussard trade. So forth. Well, they were still trying to find that yeah. third line center. Remember when they gave up a first round pick and a prospect, uh, Philip Gustafson for Derek Broussard? Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Also, Ryan Reeves, who they gave away Clint Clawson for. That was a dumb one. That yeah. Reeves trade is underrated really bad because it's like they had just won two cups and it was like, you know what we need? Ryan Reeves. And the only thing he think, I don't think he finished the season there. No, he was in that three way trade with uh, Ottawa, so four way trade. I don't know. Yeah, and then when, he Vegas. Up, when he went to Vegas, right? Yeah. yeah. That's so dumb. They're such a weird team. They're such a weird team. And then also, we should probably mention, Sidney Crosby's uh, hand-eye coordination is just, you know, if there's two parts of Crosby's games that, you're, that you know, you'll always remember. It's probably his backhander that is, like, better than most people's wristers. And his hand-eye. Because he had another wicked tip in that first game, too. Or it's just he makes your jaw drop all the time, Sid. It's incredible. I don't know how we're not used to this, but it's just oh, I love him so much. It, it happened while we were recording too. So I th- mm-hmm. I saw it. I didn't realize how I didn't realize he he was holding one hand. It was he was holding a stick with one hand. I didn't realize that at the time. So when I went to go watch it after the episode, I'm like completely blown away with with what he did. Mm-hmm. You know, looking, we'll stay in the East here because, yeah, now it's a 1-1 series. And it very much felt like, I think it was, at some, I think the Penguins had near 50 shots. They very much know, like, you always don't really take seriously how many shots are done in an Islanders game because it's more about quality. But it did very much feel like the Penguins brought the fight to the Islanders in game two. And I, I do think they, Tristan Jar, apparently that was his first win in the postseason as a Penguin which I did not realize because because think they had Murray and Flurry, yep. and then obviously, you know, they get swept and they play Jari too late against the Habs. I, it was really weird to think, and you think, wow, they could really use a really good goaltender with some experience right now. And then Marc-Andre Fleury is just... <laughs> You're not wrong. You're no. not wrong. That's why they should have done the three-way deal at Dublin, I suggested. I know. And, yeah, I was actually appreciated if someone else had taken Eric's call. We've oh, lost Daniel. Oh, we no. lost Daniel. We'll oh, no. Pause. We'll come back. All right, go ahead. Okay. Three, two, one. Technical difficulties. Anyway, guys, um, Pittsburgh, New York Islanders, an even series to start after two. I'm not very surprised, are you? I was surprised no. by the shots in game two. Like, Pittsburgh had, like, what, 44? 
you know, uh, you, I don't know where, whether well, at what time you cut out on the thingy though. You have to be careful with the Islanders and shots because it's like there's volume of shots, great, mm. but then there's you need to account for the the quality of them, right? You know, the Islanders are like, yeah, you can get a shot on, but like we're gonna get you to shoot from the outside, right? Mm. But like, like it felt like Pittsburgh were definitely in control of game two. It worked last night though uh, for shooting from the outside. <laughs> well, again, if you know. I would assume that that a, a goalie could stop the most like like wouldn't allow a goalie Varlamov did though. Like, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that is. Yeah. My guess is he's not starting game three. No, stay with Sorokin. Mean, yeah, he is the future. I, I I don't know if you guys heard. I I think uh, Justin Bourne was saying it on Hockey Central. I think yesterday or or Monday that. Uh, apparently Barry Trotz said uh, what he was asked who he was starting and his response was a Russian goalie. Yeah. (laughs) I love Barry. Cool. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh, I just noticed your wine glass, Adam, by the way. Not really a wine glass. It is a glass that if you go to Mr. Steer, in Montreal, they serve a chocolate mousse in and put a whipped cream, some chocolate sprinkles. And uh, one time when I got takeout there, they gave me the glass. So it's just a little glass that I put. Changing it up? Wow. Yes, because a very passionate Valentine fan said I couldn't drink out the beaker anymore. I was going to be screamed at. So we're back to this. We don't know who that is. I, nah, it's fine. Thing <laughs> in the East Division, though. Yeah. Washington Mike? and Boston. What? No. Was it Mike? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And you was frozen again. Hello? No, no we're good. That? We're good. Okay, good. I, I am here. That's good. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Still here somehow. Internet. Love it to see it. Okay. Staying in the Eastern Division, though. Another tied series, Boston and Washington. The the Bruins were accused of not testing the caps and Craig Anderson up in game one. Well, in game two. They did it. Another overtime game, this time at the tail end of it. Brad Marchand. Again, I was texting my Capitals friend again, and there's no worse feeling than, you know, when Brad Marchand is being his normal rat self all game, and then after a terrible Brendan Diller, Dylan clear attempt, you could say, led to Marchand bearing one. There's no worse feeling than when Brad Marchand scores on you. Maybe Tom Hilton, but... 39 seconds in. 39 in. The quickest, I think it's the quickest game-winning goal, the quickest playoff game-winning goal in overtime or whatever. Like, it beat Bobby Orr's goal, like, wow. game five or something, like, within a few seconds. So, that's cool. Another but anyway, to Bravo um, Sean's list. Yeah, great. Why do you start overtime with Brendan Dillon? I just, sorry, I just realized I was saying that. Uh, who was he paired with? If it's, like, Orlov or Carlson, you're, like, whatever. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there are worse options than Brendan Dillon. That is true. Not bad. Just, yeah, that's that's why I'm surprised. Well, at the same time, like I'm kind of surprised. I'm like, it was a boneheaded play. He's steady. Yeah, he's a steady guy. Yeah, he, he plays with Justin Schultz. Um. So they started overtime with Schultz. Okay. Well, listen, it's the tides. Uh, the physicality has not stopped though. That's been fun. No, I. It's. I mean, it's something we talked about. I think when we previewed previewed uh the playoffs as well like 
I think we kind of expected this going in, especially the way Washington's season ended with that New York Rangers um, debacle. I don't know what other word to use. Brouhaha. There we go. Brouhaha. Um, it kind of just how it kickstarted them for playoff hockey. Um, and then the Bruins are the Bruins. Yeah, they lose the Dano Char, who's like a seven foot monster, but they still have Brad Marchand. They still have the other, uh, they still have their other guys who in playoffs past have created issues and they're just doing it again for Nick the Ritchie. other team, right? Nick now <laughs> and Nick Ritchie. Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember when he called, they called him Corey Perry 2.0 because like the way he screened Cam Talbot in the 2017 playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just that type of guy. I know what the theme song is of the series. What, what is it? You know the Olivia Newton John song? Which one? Um, they made a parody of it in the office with Holly and Michael. Um, you know what the let's get ethical yes yeah yeah but it's let's get physical oh Uh, (laughs) is it me or are we gaining a lot of coincidental minors this year in the playoffs it feels like there's a four on four every period now if maybe uh, maybe they called uh colin campbell called and said what look at just watch brad marshine just watch him like just watch the Bruins. That's all you got to do. Who was it? Who was the Caps player that like they got into a lockup with him and Marshall just like got his stick up on the guys? Like, oh what are you God. doing? Yeah, uh, I don't remember who the player was, but I know exactly. Just what the Anthony Mantha about. one really annoyed me. Well, it was Mantha, I think, because he was pushing him, and then Marshall just like wasn't like he just did the stick around the referee, yeah, and he it- did like three times. Exactly. It's just so typical. Again, it was like Gutznevich cross-checking Mantha in the face. You get the retaliation there. It's so typical NHL. And you know what else was really bad? So I, I thought the we'll, we'll talk about the goal in a second. Actually, here, did you see the Wilson embellishment? Yes. I've said this so many times, but my biggest pet peeve in hockey is when there's an infraction. And like a trip, and then you also call the embellishment. Tom Wilson was not embellishing. I don't think he was embellishing either. It was with the leg, right? Yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm not one to defend Tom Wilson. No. Uh, but I don't like. There's it was like not a many gymnastics t- injury. There's yeah, like there's not many times I'm going to do that on this podcast. But I really don't think that was embellishment. Do you think the McAvoy <laughs> saying McAvoy goes hard to the net is, is uh, an underrated point. Does that Bruins goal count in your guys' books? Very Which one? Controversial one. Um, when like McAvoy just went full non-breaks in the net. <laughs> and um, there was, I think the whole concern was, you know, touching the pad there. Oh, like good. we saw in the North Division within a few days, there was a Joe Thornton goal. And I can't remember, it was one of the Habs ones as well, where Moving the pad very much got a goal called back, but here in the playoffs, it's a, I didn't have a massive problem with it. But then when you look at the history and the way that those type of net front like interference, quote unquote, stuff has been reviewed, it was inconsistent with what we've seen in, in the regular season. Let's see if I can go find it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Do you know what I'm talking about, Daniel? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I don't know. That call is kind of like charging the goalie in that sense. That was just something that kind of, I think it, it was the right call at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's hard to know because like sometimes it's just like the amount of like 
battles in front it's just like which one gets muddled and which one is like which one would be called well again you talk about 2017 um when cory perry fell on talbot that should not have been the goal yeah and the fact that you say um like that is or that 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 boston goal county is a bit mm. yeah did we lose him oh he oh, no he is himself. here he muted himself okay. yeah um have you found it yet, Alex? No, I haven't. I'll, I'll keep looking. Just move on. I'll, okay, I'll but um, we're, having some lighting, we're having some lighting issues. My oh. ring light has a weird block that if I put the wrong one in, for some reason, the block itself overheats. So I have my behind-the-scene producer trying to help me out. We're trying to do it very behind-the-scenes and very quietly. Um, <laughs> but what we can see now, we missed this. Brian Rust, it was like... That yeah, I don't know. The, like hand over the puck penalty, or it, it was like he was going for a shot in basketball. He just threw it, yeah. <laughs> for the he's going for the three pointer, Steph Curry style. He nearly gave the Islanders the uh, the blue shell. The blue, <laughs> <laughs> like he he literally did. It was six on four. I was I was playing Mario Kart on the train yesterday, and man, there's no worse feeling than when you're like back half of the last lap and you see a blue shell coming. It's the <laughs> worst feeling in the world. But that that's a very good point. But I mean, the Islanders' power play is kind of crap. Yeah, they got pushed. Yeah. So oh. Everly wasn't great. He had some some mad turnovers there. Mad turnovers. Anything else you guys want to touch on the Washington Capitals and the Boston Bruins though? I'm excited for game three. I don't know how uh, I, I already knew going in. There was a lot of those mini stories here and there, mm-hmm. but to actually see them unfold in, you know, multiple uh, of these in one game, it's, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. I've, I found the goal, by the way. Okay. It's in the, you- at the end of the three. <laughs> Towards yeah, the end of the third period, right? Taylor Hall's goal, yeah. Yeah, so the thing is, it in the replay, it looks like he gets pushed from behind by that by the Caps player. Am I looking at the right one? Was it Chara? Yeah. Because if that's the case, uh, let's see. the. Re- it was 23. Uh, Sheary. It was Connor Sheary. Connor Sheary. If that's the case, that's a tricky one. Because if he's just... He was going in, yeah... But then he gets he gets hit right into the goalie. That's such a weird it's such a weird one to call. We talked about this last episode with the when Anderson got nudged by his player and then it dislodged the net. Right. Um, I wonder if there was a bit of the Bruins kind of lost a call before maybe they got it there. Um, Are you saying there's makeup calls? No, of course no. Are you suggesting Alex, game management, please. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what are you talking about here? Okay. Um, I have to block out the about, mic now. We can talk about the North Division. Oh, wait. No, we can't because they haven't played yet. No, they have not. So when we predict tonight and when we get to let's talk about the Edmonton Oilers, we'll do that later. But it would be amazing if we could. But no, let's talk more about line combinations and Mark Marinson getting called up. That's so fun. Great job, NHL. Minnesota, though. The series is tied against Vegas. It was very much a goalie duel in game one where, guys, it's kind of weird to see that through games two, I think Vegas are very lucky to be tied right now, which is very concerning. Um, and, like, no offense, but I get Pacioretty's good, but playoff Pacioretty 
is not the straw that should break the camel's back. No offense, Max. Love you. You were great as a hat, but I'm concerned about Vegas. Maybe they underestimated the wild. I don't know. Because game one, they, they went out and you know they, they let Cam Talbot work. Game two, it was kind of the opposite. Like they had the Wild had 13 shots on Flurry almost like at the midway point of the first period. And he really mm-hmm. did keep them in. It, he was and sensational. Marcia's show, that was just that was a tricky snipe. It's ironic you say that, uh, yeah. Daniel, that they they were under they're underestimating the wild because that their first year, not that they weren't a good team, but I think a lot of teams underestimated the Golden Knights, uh, especially the Winnipeg Jets in that playoff round. And that should have been their cup. Fi- they should have been in the cup final, but that's a different story. Um, and now that's kind of flipped. I mean, it's, it, it is a possibility, right? Um, I, I don't, think neither Adam or I had Minnesota making the playoffs. Um, we thought they would be a better team than they were last year, and they very much were. And I think it is a possibility that Vegas is kind of overlooking the run that Minnesota has made <clears throat> because they were close in that division, right? Like mm-hmm. there was mm-hmm. a huge gap between third and fourth place in that division. I remember my prediction saying that their team was going to be St. Louis and there would be that gap. Instead, it was Minnesota. You know what? You got to also remember here is is Minnesota have underratedly one of the best defensive cores in the league. Um, I think that's playing to their strengths right now. Um, You know what? Forget about just us or Vegas. I mean, everyone's been saying it's Vegas, Colorado in that position without without Minnesota even getting a, a sort of whiff here. Um, I, I don't think that Vegas should be allowing this to happen. No offense, but Joel Erickson is a good player, though. Should Joel Erickson be like, you know, it funny. He's probably better than Chandler Stevenson. And I'm still not convinced about that, by the way, about Stevenson being that big player. I, I just, there's something with, with Vegas. Like they, they're not looking themselves and looking at how Colorado played game one against St. Louis. Vegas, forget about looking at Colorado. They can't beat them as is. The fact they're struggling against Minnesota right now, as good as Minnesota are, and they have great pieces, it's a massive concern for a team that should be seriously, like serious wrecking balls in the West. Do you think it's because I've said it before in our uh, preseason uh, preseason preview that the Golden Knights are just really top heavy and when one line doesn't seem to work and that's really like, you know, the original first line of March show uh, Smith and Carlson, then that just becomes like that point of concern. Uh, I think they're top heavy. Like <clears throat> I don't think you go through a fi- even, I know it's like a 56 game season and on 10 occasions have to play with one less man. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, I was going to get their daily face-off stuff. Um, I had Twitter open and just something really quick because it relates to the West or sorry, the, yeah, they are the West, aren't they? Uh, the blues are dealing with multiple positive COVID-19 tests that they hope us believe are false positives. Uh, GM Doug Armstrong in statement, we have been in touch with, and we are working with the league to address the discrepancies with additional testing. Um, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully the blues are all okay and nothing happens with that Colorado mm. series. Um, 
Yeah, with what you know what it's interesting because uh, like Tuck had two goals last night, but you know there's a bit of zest there to do with you know Minnesota. You know what the identity with Vegas has always kind of been that they are the castaways, right? Um, and you can see that with Tuck last night. Um, it's Alex, right? Is it Alex or Luke? Alex. Luke is the one that Montreal drafted. Yeah. That's why I didn't want to get him. So Alex Tuck, lest we forget, is the guy that Minnesota set to Vegas so they can keep Matt Dumba. That's huge. It's just you need the rest of the team to step up. You know, it's it's kind of concerning when you go on, and I haven't heard much about Alex Petrangelo. Is he even playing? Yeah, he's playing. He's playing. It's – um. Like, he is going against, like, the top line right now, like the Kaprasoft line. But I don't know. It's just he's not really generating the same type of shots from the point as he was before. Like, Shea Theodore is usually their guy. For yeah. That. You um, think... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. It's just um, like that was something I think Dom and also wrote about, too, where, like, the Golden Knights, the way their defense is right now, it's because that's the part of it that's healthy is that it's just – been that okay yeah you have this one guy that's doing something that maybe you did before already like on st louis but now it's just it's a kind of a thing now too where like it's just being a bit more inconsistent because like they've just kind of stuck to that role where it's like the where um pure pete DeBoer is saying like just do this and that that's good do you think you said they you their identity was castaways but do you still think that's the case though I think you have to have that. That that's the magic. I mean, like you have to have that chip because Vegas are always they're a confident group, right? Like they know they're good. I think you have to have that bit of zest. Like, is Ryan like the reason they have Ryan Reeves? And I remember getting really mad about this whole idea that they needed him because he had like two goals in like his entire first year there. Has he been effective? Don't think so. I. I I think you still have to have that sort of edge to your game. Like you need to carry that chip on you. Like Tory Krug was on 31 Thoughts of Podcast. Remember, he talked about he still has that thing of people think I'm undersized. None of us look at Tory Krug and think he's bad because he's small. But professional athletes fat, like find that way to like they look at for the simplest thing that goes against them. Like we yeah. like Michael Jordan in the last dance we talked about before. That guy didn't say hide me at a restaurant. I'm dropping forty on his on his butt tomorrow. Or even um Mark Stone. I remember uh, before he got traded there, they were all talking about. I remember like Eugene Melnick was talking about it. Pierre Dorian were talking about that. Like this guy is probably the next captain of the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. And then um, they 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 were not committed to um I guess the long term vision that he had with the team, so they traded him. So I guess it is, you're you're right. Where like there's those different narratives on this team where it's like there's that chip on their shoulder. I'm not fully. I'm not concerned yet. It is a problem, but no series is easy in this league. Should never be, especially against a wild team that we probably should have given more credit. And if Vegas do lose, I would take the blame for this. At the same time, though, it will mess up a lot of brackets. And at the same time, though, I would take an upset because upsets are fun. You know who would not take the blame, though? Who? Marc-Andre Fleury. No, he has been <laughs> in, he's been insane. Like, he, like, honestly, the scores of the last few games would be so much worse if not for Marc-Andre Fleury. He has seriously reached another level. I don't think he was this good in Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, it was for like before the uh, 2012 playoffs. So, as he was entering his prime, like, like he was this good in the like the cup, like the the back to back finals appearance, and then he was good again before he got hurt because they played him too much, and then that's when Matt Murray came in. Well, he's been good. Like anyway, he's he's been Vegas' saving grace right now, which he was when they went to the cup final. If you're Pete DeBoer, what do you do? to give this team a boost or anything because it's like two games and your goaltender is is seemingly your best player like it doesn't seem like anyone else is is outstanding like yes uh alex tuck had two goals but what am i getting from everybody else you yell at your bottom six no (laughs) you i mean you 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 gotta get them to rally because like remember remember uh this was a big part of our uh, discussion early in the season and suddenly it's just being brought up now because I just forgot that he's playing in the bottom six and it's Cody glass. Right. Yeah. You need good centermen. They don't have a center core. Yeah. It's Carlson Stevenson and Cody glass. At the same time though, what's Minnesota center too. This is legit. <laughs> Ryan Hartman with no middle. Eric Sinek Hartman. <laughs> Benino, Bukestad. Is Bukestad playing? Yeah, he's playing the fourth Nick line. Bukestad. Well, um, yeah, well, like here and there, like Nico Sturm is usually their fourth line center. You just have to play your – You have to if you're DeBoer, you kind of – like you push the guys like, God, this, this is your series to lose here. Like you can't motivate these guys more. Like, And, again, it was stall set, not stall. Stone said this last press conference. Like, we know how good he's been. Like, and Flower was next to him. He said – we got to be better for them. I, if these guys can't bring it to themselves, like, I don't know. If, if that group cannot motivate themselves, then, like, uh, there's nothing people working. I know, and that's the, the the craziest part of all this is have they ever had issues motivating themselves, considering they found themselves as castaways, uh, like we said. like the, it, It's as if Thatcher Demko is still haunting them. <laughs> People were making that thing of last. Back to back playoffs against a spooky goaltender. We should ask the question, though. And Daniel, I'm assuming you put this question in. <laughs> so I'll ask you first Do you trust Cam Talbot to hold the line? Because I do. He's playing you, you really. You see the well. other part. <laughs> oh, no. I, I saw that. I almost clicked on it and I realized it was a YouTube link. I didn't want to start playing some song from the 80s. Okay. But you know what the song is, right? Um, love isn't always on time. Yes, but I don't yeah, know what this means. Um, you know the the band Toto. Toto. I do not know the band Toto. You I know, know the one like that uh, but... the one that like uh, blessed the rains in Africa. No. What? Yeah, what? No, I, I listen to Japanese music. I don't know what no. this music that you're speaking. Of <laughs> it looks like the music video. Everyone's got like an afro or something. Like this is much pretty much my time. Yeah, but anyways, um, the chorus of it is "Hold the Line." Okay. Love is always isn't always on time. So how, what does that do with Cam Talbot? It's because, because like, um I think I heard NBC say he needs to hold the line, and then they didn't say the rest of it. So I wanted to say the rest of it because there was a prime pop culture reference opportunity right there, and they squandered it. Well, and that's why they lost the U.S. deal. Because they're just. <laughs> That was mean. That, that was too mean. soon. That's too that soon. Um, too, yeah, too soon. I know too I made soon. fun of him, but Joel Erickson, 
like wicked to get the overtime winner in game one. Though that was pretty nice. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah, Saku, uh, not Saku, Miko Koivu 2.0. Yeah, I was about to say no one's Saku, no one's Saku. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm Saku every day of the week. Oh, so I rewatched his return to Montreal the other day. Heartbreaking stuff. Okay. Would you guys like to look at Tampa, Florida? No, yeah, yeah. No, we're talking Tampa, Florida. Oh, my. It's been fun. Game no, two Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel. They've been really fun. Two games, uh, fast, loud in the arena, which is really weird because it's in Florida. Um, though Tampa have just been that much better. It's... We talked about it last the, the, in the preview. Like, one of the things that everyone's been talking about, a lot of people have been saying is the longer this series goes, the better it is for Tampa because it gives Kucherov, uh, gives Kucherov time to get back in the swing of things. And he hasn't he needed, needed a them, period, literally. And I'm so happy he was on my playoff fantasy team. That's for me, yeah, for me, what I kind of felt is I again I've always complimented this Panthers team. What Will Christopoulos said on the show, where he's getting them, they're getting the most out of these guys that they're playing better than what their contract shows. Mm-hmm. But I think that's getting to them now because the way I view the Lightning now, where you know they're they're at full strength right now. We had that perfect sell analogy where it's just wave after wave now for the Panthers mm-hmm. that they're they're playing really well. It's just Tampa's depth is getting to them. It's just, it almost feels like on the other end is the Stanley Cup team. Yeah. <laughs> and as you say, Kucherov has not played since the playoffs. And, and Stamkos has had like two months off. It's funny what, you know, 50, 40 goal scorer Steven Stamkos and former Hart Trophy 120 point player Nikita Kucherov can do when they've got some reps. Right. Like, do we, do we want to talk about how? It's kind of silly that people are getting are still still complaining about the LTIR score. Still, I'll, like I'll, we, I, I can say something about it. Like, put it. Let me put it like this: the NHL. This is a league who loves parity and not giving a single team a competitive advantage, mm-hmm. like any ounce of it. Why on earth would they allow Tampa Bay to do something like this? Like, just think about it like that. I just I complain about it at the time because it is dumb. But at the same time, this has been going on for years now. I mean, Tampa this year, the Leafs last year, yeah, with Arizona, Patrick Kane back with the Blackhawks. This is nothing new. Like we're everyone's yeah, everyone's focusing on the Tampa Bay situation where we should be focusing on how stupid the salary, the current salary cap system is. Yeah. Like that's the issue here. You guys are complaining about how the NHL is allowing them to do this. You should be complaining about how the current cap system absolutely sucks. Mm -hmm. I just, okay. I know this is going to be a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. Let's hear it. But would you guys ever agree on a soft cap? Yes. Yeah. Because, like, I know people talk about parity. They talk about, oh, what about the other teams? But, man, like, it's been going on in baseball. It's been going on in basketball for how long? I'm a fan of a rich team, and I want some playoff success. So, whatever. The return like, of the 2001 it, Colorado Avalanche. If you if think about it, if you put a luxury tax, let's say, right, that 
extra money from the teams who go over the cap gets distributed to the poorer teams. Yeah. There's also um in baseball, there's the competitive balance round for draft picks. What's that? So teams that don't make like they make the least amount of money in okay. the league get an extra draft pick. Sure. I like that. I really like that actually. Arizona probably won't do anything good with that pick anyways, but it's that's going to get fine. taken away anyway. Yeah. <laughs> about They're going to lose it. <laughs> oh my. Uh, other things in this series we should mention is um, Sam Bennett gets a suspension for doing the same kind of thing as Ryan McDonough, except Sam Bennett was charging and had some extra strides. First off, uh, what a dumb penalty for Sam Bennett to take. Cost yeah. for Panthers game one, we should mention. Yeah. Um, like he was good. He was so noticeable. Though there's a time in the like you can get away with a lot as McDonough did on that board earlier in the game. But skating halfway across the ice to crush a guy into the boards is probably not gonna be something you can get away with. Probably not. Yeah, no. It it's unfortunate because like we all talk, we all look at the what Sam Bennett does in the playoffs and we know how much better he is in the playoffs. Yeah. It's like, why would you do that? It's like, come on, man. The heat of the moment. I don't rookie mistake in my opinion for him. He's not a rookie. He's I know that's the thing. He's been in the league for how many years? Seven years, but again, six, seven years, but in a way it's just, I don't know. Just lack of playoff experience or just, he let the emotions get to him. The yeah. Red mist. Um, where we were all on high emotion. There was one. definitely, I think, a lack of... There was still a lot of fun in the second game, but you could tell they were missing him in that second outing. They were, there was definitely a bit less. But compared to that first game, you were never going to really get it. Did you guys notice the two, the pair of Panthers fans that were where the Panthers shot twice, I think it was, and they did not sit down the entire game? And I felt so bad for everyone who sat behind me. <laughs> no, it, I didn't. <laughs> it kept bothering me. I couldn't pay attention for the last few minutes because there's these two, <laughs> these, these I, two goofballs just sitting there waving their toes. I didn't see that. At, I what didn't notice doing? that at all. They were, it requires a lot of energy for the whole game. That does. They were co- they were clearly coaching, doing some. You also got to love when they cut to a box. They must have some famous people there. It's like just this group of they maybe maybe footballers. They looked like they had the build to be footballers, um, and none of them were wearing masks. And you're just like, man, come on now. We're still we're working on this. We're working on this. So close. Mm-hmm. Question though. Yeah. Uh, Bobrovsky in game one wasn't terrible, but landed a lot of goals. Uh, game two, Chris Krieger less goals, but Chris Krieger, he's fine. Maybe you want a bit more zest on the team. You want to throw a jolt. Do you, for game three, stick with Drieger, back to Bobrovsky, or do you take the chance with Spencer Knight? That's called the, uh, you know what that's called? Uh, what? The 2014 Anaheim Ducks. They had Victor, Victor Fass and Frederick Anderson. Yeah. But then Randy Carlisle was like, John Gibson, you played like what? three games in the regular season. You're our starter oh, in the second round. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. A young player, no lot of regular season experience, and the coach gave the young player a chance? Oh, no. How did I it work out for Anaheim? Is Randy Carlisle a better coach than 
Never mind. <laughs> I, 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 I was ready for you to hear. I don't know. You're going to compliment go, Randy Carlyle? How did it go for Anaheim? Uh, they lost six. Yeah, they didn't. Like, the Kings won the cup that year. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. If they yeah. beat Kings, um, I thought you were talking about Patrick Waugh. How does it work with fans again if, if you lost to the cup chance? If we only beat them, we would have won the cup. Exactly. In my books. I mean, it is the Ducks. They were good back then. They still got something I mean, if the. Yeah, I don't want to say it. No, anyway, say it. Well, Too late. Say it. No, say it. If the Leafs beat the Bruins, they would have beat the Blackhawks in the final. No, they would not. No, they would not. A 13 year old me had to can try to convince myself that, but I'm like, I'm now, I know that was not right. Um, yeah, I remember, I didn't know it was a controversy. Okay, before we move on, I just didn't know that was a controversy at the time that Miguel Grabowski didn't like being on the third line. Because I remember just thinking, man, look at the Leafs' depth at center right now. Like, they have Grabowski on the third line, they have Kadri and Bozak. Thank you for reminding me of that. Um, Bunch of guys was, you're at best second line center. I'm just gonna have the a great rest of the day, by the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> Which goal do you go? Uh, I, I don't go. I'll answer the I'll answer this question. I don't I won't go with Spencer Knight. I think playing him against a Tampa Bay Lightning team like this is it's a it's a dangerous move. Like I, I think it's one thing when it's a player, but we know goalies are very different. Like, we're not talking about putting Cole Caulfield in. We're talking about putting Spencer Knight and having to face Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, Victor Hedman, Braden Point over and over and over again, right? Um, I like, I feel like you can put either of either Bobrovsky or Drieger in net. I, I felt like putting Drieger in net, and I'm stealing this from Hockey Central, was a bit of a panic move, but it kind of they kind of got screwed over a little bit because they did end up losing that second game. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't go home down to nothing. I mean, they're still going home down to nothing, but or away. Sorry. They're going to Tampa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Going to Tampa Bay. That's Which what I meant. Much worse. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I like Chris Jigger. I think it's because he, they did lose, but they adjusted to what Stamkos was talking about, where he was kind of rallying everyone saying that we can't have these type of five, four games in the playoffs. What we need to do is just tighten up. And I think he did his best he could. Like the way that carousel of a game went in game one, it just, for my opinion, is that's prototypical Sergei Brabowski in the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the game two and tighten things up, especially in the third. They did such a good job of like killing any sort of momentum for Florida. Like they couldn't get in the zone. Like I don't know how often they got past the face-off dot last night. Like, so not last night. Um, no, it was last night, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Are you, you saying know, they're clogging know, in the neutral zone? They, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, see, even that, they just, the Panthers just couldn't break in. It was, I mean, talk about, like, it's almost like Tampa have been here before. They've gotten into shootouts before and it hasn't worked. I mean, you know, that's the tightness of the playoffs. And it also shows, like, Tampa, like, yeah, you want to try and outscore us? Yeah, that's funny. That's not going to happen. Again, again, like, I think it's just, I like Florida a lot. It's just, I think it's starting to really show, like, that top nine that it doesn't match up. They don't have experience at him. Yeah, like Carter Verhage, yeah. we all love him. But remember, he played, like, a fourth-line role on the Lightning, and then he's playing top six on the Panthers. 
like like anything can change and i don't want to use the word breaking down but i get like it feels like florida is breaking down in a way in that like it's they don't ha- they don't have necessarily many answers to tampa bay and i it's no one's fault really like because it's just this is what Joel Quenville was handed, and I bet he's trying his damn hardest to figure this out. And it's a it's a difficult thing to figure out. Like, like you said, their top nine is very good. They're also doing it without Aaron Ekblad. Yeah, that too. Yeah, which is it's unfortunately part of the playoffs being hurt, but he would be making a massive difference right now. Uh, you know, you can look at Tampa Bay and it's just like, ah, we got Hedman off the ice. Oh, I'm sorry, Kevin. Oh, no. Oh, McDonough. Oh, the waves thanks. are, uh, you know, like when you play, like, did you guys play Horde mode? No. In what? Gears of War. Or what's that thing we played on Halo? <laughs> it's like the. Firefight? Yeah, there. It's like that. It's just like the waves keep, like, they just, they're just nonstop. Waves of air. Because we didn't fix the settings. No, we did not. No. <laughs> I forgot about that. Anyway, yeah, I'd go with Drieger. I think they should have started from this off, to be honest with you. I get I get Bobrovsky because, lest we forget, he was the guy in Columbus when they swept Tampa. So maybe there could have been a bit of a bit of magic there. Okay, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. There's only been one series that I haven't at least watched one game in fully, and that's Nashville, Carolina, because it overlapped. Yeah, same. I I don't know. I I was so excited for the hurricanes yeah, and seeing what they can do. But for some reason I've been so complacent with their series. Well, it's over. Cause again, it, it, it went over. I think it might've been the pan, the first Panthers game. It just, I mean, it, it's been, I think there's only been two games that there's been a margin of margin of a, a margin of more than two goals you've lost by. And the first one was that same day. I think it was Carolina and Nashville. They, at some point, like you thought, maybe Nashville could pull something out there because Philip Forsberg just pulled out the most amazing thing he's ever done. What a wicked goal that is, man! Phil Forsberg is so good. And his Somebody, mustache. He looked amazing. <laughs> he looked, and the way he was trying to silence the crowd. But then, you know what? Carolina broke through. Like, that's something that Minnesota were able to prevent Vegas from doing in Game One of their series. But they, they Nashville just couldn't do it the other way. I mean, it's it's going exactly as you would think so far. It's just, I don't blame a lot of people if they didn't watch this because I mean, honestly, it's one of those series that you would hope that would just go. No offense as well, but there were other better games. I think just we just because we gave it to Carolina already, or just make a game at five o'clock. Yeah. Also, I I don't know. It's just what you did in the bubble. I'm not saying they're. I'm just saying, I'm like, I don't know. If for me, it's just, I know they're not, they're not a bad team. It's just for Nashville. It's just, I'm tired of the narrative, I think, of them kind of, you know, changing everything where it's like, we're going to rebuild. Everyone's on the market except these certain types, these certain players. And then suddenly it's like, mm-hmm. we're going to squeak in. And I don't know. It's the same as last year where I, I kind of felt like when they went against the Coyotes, it's just, I just don't have faith in them. No, no, I get it. They, they got to do something. Uh, I mean, no. we'll we'll have that discussion in Just the over. in, in the summer, right? Like, you know, it's pretty ironic to me what? when the Preds when they were starting to make the playoffs, they were that team where like they could get the most out of like these guys they get on like a budget. 
mm-hmm. or um, internally, and then suddenly their team has like some of like the biggest contracts, and they're not even a big market. Do Shea had a nasty goal? He did. But it's just okay. Can you do that for the other games of the series? Can you flip that switch and be the effective top six centerman we know you can be? And he just doesn't do it enough because he's not that good. He's not eight million dollars. Right. That's the thing. They have uh, they have multiple players on their team who are probably paid a little bit more than they should be. Are we still paying Kyle Turris? Yes, and they will be for a couple of years. Um, I was I have a theory about Dougie Hamilton, by the way. Let's hear it. It's not about the game. It's about where what he where he should go in the offseason and who should get him. Who should like, get him? I think there's a no I'll wait. I'll, 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 I do have a theory about it though. Okay. To Toronto. Why what? Is it Toronto? No. Stop. <laughs> Do my thing. Okay, okay, we'll wait, we'll wait. Yeah, I just, I haven't, stop it, stop it. Okay, so looking at a series that I am very excited to watch. Um, game two is tonight, Colorado and St. Louis. Now, there's a little line on the dock that I wanted, want the listeners to hear. Jordan Bennington was prepared to street fight rather than save a couple goals for the Blues. Now, first off, I want to say that to whoever wrote this, and I think I know who it is, Jordan Bennington is the reason that the Blues had a chance in that game. Like, Colorado should have stomped all over them. Like, I think it ended up being 3-1, 4-1 anyway. But it was really funny at the end of the game when Grubauer was getting involved that Bennington wanted to come over. I thought it was really funny. But, guys, um, I don't know about you, but every year, whenever I look at certain teams, and whenever for the Habs, and if they can make it, and I'm like – or any team, there's that that thinking of you just get in, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But then you watch the Avalanche play, and you're like, no. This is a Stanley Cup winning team. They are, like, just looking at the McCarr goal and the way he works the blue line, McDavid's the fastest skater in the league, but I think McCarr is the best skater because holy crap. I mean, McKinnon was going, Landis Cogs, Amal, Gordy Howe, Hattrick. They're gonna like St. Louis don't stand a chance. They really don't. This is it was like watching um like a cat play with a ball of yarn. It's very it's so it's like man, I, I didn't get to watch because I was I was too tired to stay up to watch that entire thing. So I watched the replay in the morning and it was just you kind of expected this. Like I don't know. Who thought this was going to go any differently? Like, yeah, maybe St. Louis is going to put up a fight, but like, go look at Colorado. Like, they're, the additions that they made, they maybe they didn't make m- many additions. Like, they added Brandon Sod, they added uh, Devin Tays, but everyone else around them, like McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog, Makar, they took steps heading into the playoffs, and then their goaltending isn't an issue anymore. Like I think they're very comfortable with Grubauer in terms of having a starter. They brought in Dubnik more as a, okay, Michael Hutt, we don't need my, uh, Michael Hutchinson playing if two goalies don't go down again. Like I think they're very comfortable with their goaltending situation. So he, sorry, it's just, I just, I just remembered um, Devin Dubnik is the backup right now. He was on the third goalie. So Jordan Bimbing has, Tried to fight both Avalanche goalies this year. 
That's a very good stat, Daniel. <laughs> I mean, if you know how um, in the NHL games there are certain attributes, I wonder what his aggression is at. It's past the stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a solid, like, 99. Yeah. Think about the spectrum for him. Because it, it's, I'm going to go check that later, actually, because, oh, boy. I think I have, like, one more thing to kind of just say right now for, on this series is the Blues, I know for the most part, still have that championship core. Yeah. But as I've said before, and, you know, we never know how this series is going to go, but it's just they just seem out of sync now where – I know there's been so many people in and out. I know that whole David Perron thing. And as of right now, I just don't think they're as, they're as solid as a unit because I know the Avalanche are just so much more talented, but they've been able to roll with things. I know that Bowen Byram isn't playing right now, but because I know what was the guy that we said who was playing? Oh, Patrick Namath that, uh, I wanted to put him on the big board, <laughs> but you know, he's been pretty effective as like a defensive third pairing guy, but that's just one example too, which is like, there's just so much more talent on that team for the avalanche. Man, you can have David, David Perron was not stopping that last night, leaving, leaving Nathan McKinnon open, like right at the slots. Like that's a very bold way of trying to win a hockey. Bold move gone. Bold move. Yeah. Is Ryan O'Reilly not a true captain? I'm not saying that. Stop. Even though he's like, yeah, we're going to win. No, you're not. You're not going to win. This is not happening. God, man. I love watching them play so much. Okay, I guess now we can look at the games that are going to happen tonight around the league. And we might as well start, guys. Canucks and Calgary. No, 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 no. 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 I will not accept that as an answer. Um, One thing, one Wait, sorry. Just there's just one thing I want to say about that one. Is did you guys see the Daryl Sutter, like what he said about the team? They suck. Like no, prior to the game, <laughs> no. Like he, he, it was about Dylan Dubé and Yusuf Valamaki. No, what he said. Where he said, you know, there's a bit of entitlement on this team. <laughs> and excuse me, he's like, there's a bit of entitlement on the team where guys think like they could just get here based on skill and they think they've earned it, but. He said that, you know, I've been pretty disappointed with how these two players specifically have been going. And he talked about why he's giving them healthy scratches, why they haven't been playing, why um, like they, they've brought in other people from Stockton that have been playing above them. So you talk about Calgary and not being great. Yesterday, I posted the TikTok of us talking about uh, – the Tyler Toffoli um, Players Tribune article. So someone responds with Leafs fan, but I think Vancouver will be a good team soon. Calgary is worse off. No one has faith in Calgary. Man, I don't blame Sue for thinking that. I mean, I, I don't think there's a more entitled team than Calgary that he mentioned. I mean, win and they yeah, can't yeah. do it okay i did not see think we would actually spend i have one more stat on this on this game yeah, i am amazed you are just yeah I, I had these on my notes um louis deming will make his first start in 14 months he's around yeah he's the uh, he's playing for the flames tonight so we need to create an account. It's not Sportsnet stats; it's two on one podcast stats. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like Daniel probably got that from Sportsnet. <laughs> I yeah, I did. 
Canada's finally getting some playoff hockey tonight when the Edmonton Oilers host the Winnipeg Jets. I'm very excited for two reasons. A, I think the Jets are going to surprise, and B, Economy David in the playoffs. That's Who do true. you guys have winning tonight? Um, I, I think, think – go ahead, no, no, I think the go. Jets because – when they were having that really bad streak, they were just playing consistently, but I think that they've had time to kind of think about things mm-hmm. to maybe Nick Ehlers heel a bit. And I think they take game one, but it's going to be really close, but we'll see how this rest of the series goes. Okay. Is, is Nick Ehlers playing tonight? I will try and find out for you guys. Um, I, I also think Winnipeg will win tonight. I think they will band together. Um, even despite their recent struggles, I, I do think them playing Vancouver at the end of the season was a little bit of a, was a good thing. Um, cause I mean, a lot of teams have been beating up on Vancouver recently since they came back from COVID, which is unfortunate, but it's just, this is, that's what's happened. And I, I just think that will Maybe that was a good opportunity to say, hey, we we can do this. And as long as Connor Hellebuck is not even just standing on his head, but good, I think they have a chance to win tonight until Connor McDavid wakes up. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Edmonton because from Tom Gazzola, Nick Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois in non-contact jerseys at the morning skate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I still had Edmonton winning this series. That's my only. That's my only hope. That's yeah. my only hope. I think. Yeah, I think the Oilers still take the series. I have Winnipeg winning the series. So, but I, I, they're not winning it without Dubois and the Oilers tonight. That's. Yeah. I'm not sorry, Hellebuck. That's not going to happen. Um, all right, looking towards the rest of the series, Colorado and St. Louis game two. I'm going Colorado all the way here. I'm saying five one Colorado tonight. Wow, you really don't like Jordan Bennington. Um, you know, it's funny people say that, but I'm actually a fan of Jordan Bennington. You made fun of him in the dock. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> he was good in the game. There was. We don't know who shots. wrote that. There we don't know who wrote that. Shots. It no, might have been know. Alex. It was definitely not me. I <laughs> I haven't looked at the. I haven't looked at the dock. Uh, when I went to good look at the dock, it was already in there. So. I'm just going to assume it's not me. I know. I think Mike still has. Uh, uh, it could have been Mike. Access, you know what? That's yeah, a good point. The, That's yeah. a good point. Alex, Please how do you Mike. check how someone puts someone on the other dock? Can you do that? Yeah. See, if it's, it you... might stay just anonymous. That's the only issue. While Alex is just looking, and maybe we can find <laughs> If we can solve this mystery. <laughs> Daniel has a, like a mask of Mike and you rip it off it's like it <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever see that, um, that gif? you ever see that gif where um, I think it was in WCW Sting takes off his mask but then like he takes off a mask of himself but then it's still his mask like it's still <laughs> yeah. his painting like on, like the like the face paint no. it still says anonymous by the way can't doesn't tell me who it was we'll okay. never know alright well Stop it. All right. Um, looking uh, – God, where were we? Okay, sorry, Alex, are you saying Blues or Colorado? Oh, I'm saying Colorado. Yeah. I, I said five. I saw Colorado were going to win in five, and I think I'm being generous to St. Louis after that first game. Um, oh, wow. That's – that's. oh, wait. No, there are two other games. Oh, boy. Uh, Carolina-Nashville. Unless Nashville decides to, to I guess – 
the rest of the team wake up, I I just see it going Carolina's way. What's the score, you believe? Um, 3-1. Okay. Daniel. 4-2 Carolina. Um, I'll be different. I'll say one nothing Nashville. <laughs> Ryan Johansson, baby. And I don't know. Soros or, or Rene, one of them. There's going to be what the starting goalie will get hurt, and then Philip Forsberg will pull off a Michigan for the game winner. The starting goalie will get hurt, and so in game three, Yaroslav Askarov. No, I'm kidding. Emergency call up. Yeah. We have to sign him to an entry level contract. But uh, yeah, Nashville are Nashville going to upset, but then they're going to lose the next three games, and that will be all she wrote because Carolina will wake up. <laughs> Capitals, Bruins, big game, game three. I am going Washington tonight, and I, I, I just think that they're going to be on an extra level of pissed off tonight, and I just think they're going to come up blazing. I I also think uh, Washington will win tonight. Like if you look, if you watch those two games, I think Washington has been the better team in both of them. Uh, to be honest, even last game, I just think they maybe didn't capitalize on their chances. But Washington capitalized. Oh, that, I did not mean to do that. I did not mean to do that. I swear. But I, I do think that. There is a like I said in last episode, like after game one, you could see the determination from those players in Washington, especially in Alex Ovechkin. And I do think what if they do get, uh, I think Samsonov is coming back soon. Yeah, him and him and uh, Kuznetsov have been skating. So Kuz, I the Kuznetsov situation is that's a bit messy, and now I don't think Lars Eller is playing either. Oh yeah, poorly. And, and that's gonna be that's gonna be difficult. Side depth is shot. I, I do think there's so like I feel like Washington can power through it. Damn. Yeah, I agree. I think it's gonna be another three two game. Um a lot of I'm gonna say it's gonna be one of the long it's gonna end in regulation, but it's gonna be one of those long games where we're gonna have a lot of whistles mm-hmm. in between plays of just pure physicality and pettiness. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, yeah. Um, Eller, Samsonov, Kuznetsov are all on the ice for the Capitals. Morning skate at Boston. Conrad Michaels. Oh, this is from Samantha Pell, by the way. Uh, and then LaViolette said the team is working through the lineup. Won't reveal either way if players Eller, Kuznetsov, Kuznetsov, Samsonov, Oshi are in or, not, in or out. Um, and we all know LaViolette, guys, the worst at the playoffs <laughs> of getting info out of. So, okay, that's everything for that series and playoffs tonight. So we can quickly go around the league and see what's going on. And the big piece of news is that Jim Benning will be back as GM as the Vancouver Canucks next season. I think we all thought the decision was going to go the other way. But Elliot reporting, good friend Elliot Freeman from the show, great guy, um, confirming on Twitter yesterday that, that the guy's coming back. I, it's a bold decision. Um, the Sedins are coming back for something yet? We don't know exactly. It's not a decision-making thing. They're going to save the team. They're going to buy it and save the team. If they're like player development, like that's cool. I think that's fine. But like, why is Jim coming back? Like you I really thought. You, you didn't say how I wrote it in the doc. But what he stay? Yeah, 
Well, it's true. He's staying. Yeah. Get it? No. That was like a chant they did like the whole season for Kawhi Leonard. He yeah. stay? Yeah, he stay. How did that work? And there's like speculations like, oh, he has a shopper's drug mart bag on vacation. No one does that. <laughs> See, it didn't work there. They should have been doing it all year in, in Vancouver. Instead of saying bending out, they should have been saying bending in. Well, oh, come on, guys. I'm trying to help you. I'm on your side. On I don't know if bending stain is going to help that team. No, no, but it's reverse it psychology. It's reverse psychology. I just, it feels like it's just been such a mess in Vancouver. No one wants to be there. There was so much discourse at the end of the year for their COVID stuff. I, I just think they needed to start anew. If they can bring Green back, maybe that will help. But I mean, at this point, there really there are reports that apparently some of their players are, aren't going to stay for their exit interviews. They're just going to go straight home. But even even if they bring back Travis Green, it, it and I'm not saying what happened this year was Travis Green's fault. Like pre-COVID, post their COVID outbreak, like I, I don't even want to include that part because it was just it's just very messy. But pre-COVID, they weren't great. No, because no, we right. don't have a roster. Right. So, like, even if they bring back Travis Green, we know how good of a coach Travis Green can be. Look at what he did with that a different roster the year before that. It's, it's like you need to give this guy more than just nothing at the in the bottom six and then claiming Travis Boyd and Jimmy Vesey and saying, well, here you go, Travis. Have fun. Yeah, they need to call Seattle and say take a contract. I just well, they're not going to do that. I don't know. Bite the bullet and give them their first this year. At the end of the day, regardless, and we can repeat what we've said all the time about Jim Benning is you need to look at the results, and they haven't won with them. You can say what you want about development of that; they have not won. And if Jim Benning left today, that roster is is in a terrible shape with its contract. And I think that's the way you judge the guy. Like, there's that saying of you coach it, you, you determine how well a GM is doing with how they left the team compared to when they got it. Right. And no offense, but you got lucky with Pedersen and you got lucky with Hughes. Now, of course, you get him, you get credit because, great, you, you, you got the players. No one else has them. You have them. But like, you, you have a skeleton crew of a forward core and a defensive core. I, I just – I don't think – it's a it's a boneheaded decision to bring him back. Everyone thought he was leaving. You know what? We, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk to High Harmon Dial next time we can get him on the show. Um, it's just the wrong decision for Vancouver, and I don't see how this team is really going to be. Somehow, over the course of one summer, they went to okay, we can make maybe make a next step, maybe fight for like if they could win a round. To all of a sudden, they're back at the bottom of the barrel. Like, look, look at just the moves they've made in, let's say, the last 18 months, like since the start of COVID. They let Judd Brackett walk, who, by all accounts of everything I've read about this guy, seems to be great, great at scouting in, in terms of the draft. And now he's in Minnesota. They let Tyler Toffoli walk without offering him a contract. So they and they resigned Jake Vertanen. So they could they literally signed Jake Vertanen and let Tyler Toffoli walk. Like let's let that sink in for a second. Yeah. Then they 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 did Tanner Pearson's contract before doing Ian Clark, who 
Well, well, hold on. Before we get there, we should mention that they just benefited the doubt. Yeah. Um, they did get um, Nate Schmidt. Just and they got Nate Schmidt for pennies on the dollar. Yes. That's, that's, did. that like saved Jim Benning in the summer. Okay. But yeah. But then, yeah. Tanner yes. Pearson. Tanner, they did the Tanner Pearson contract. Uh, and they don't have their head coach signed for next year. And they don't have their goaltending coach for lot for signed for next year. And look at what he's done to Thatcher with Thatcher Demko uh, and with Jacob Markstrom. Yeah. And I mean, since leaving Markstrom hasn't been the same. Team. Um, and we know how weird goalies are. If you can get someone that can, can help with them, it does wonders. Um, Anything else on Benning, or do we want to quickly move on to... Uh, I think there's going to be a lot more as this unfolds. That There's going to be another like feature or something on this, so I think we're just going to stay tuned. I'm worried with the Cortinal stuff that they're going to, they're going to bring in almost this kind of committee, and mm. then the too many chefs are going to ruin the broth here. That's what I'm concerned about. Is there needs to be one, yeah, like there needs to be the one clear voice, one clear vision. And we know that Aquilini loves to get involved. He's getting his guys in there. I I just, and then like the Sedins, like, no, they don't strike me as the kind of deal they're going to be like, yeah, this, this, but still that's, I don't know as well if that's a shield against the consumer confidence that Mm. Elliot mentioned. I I just, I'm getting really, really worried here in Vancouver because I, from reports of Freeman and that over the past few days, that Benning is going to have complete on top, like, com- God damn it, autonomy? Is that a- the word? Autonomy, autonomy. Autonomy. He's not going to have full control of this, which might be a good thing, but owners are impatient, yeah. which is a terrible thing to hear about. Another good spot. Okay. Um, Detroit have extended Jeff Glasgow. Yeah. I don't know what to feel about this because Detroit have been bad. Since I was in high school, they've been hopeful. Bad, like um, apparently, like I've been reading on Twitter, just a lot of people, especially the two guys I know um, from the hockey writers who um, covered the Red Wings, that they're pretty confident with it. Yeah, because again, yeah, they've been hopeful. Bad, like they're bad in the game, but the players who they need to develop or need to get better are getting better. They're bad with a purpose. Yeah, um, I'm not overly surprised like i think it was in 31 thoughts friedman was saying that one of the reasons they traded mantha was because it feels like eiserman expects this rebuild to take a little longer than first expected and by the time that mantha contract is up they might just be entering the good years and who knows at at that point why change Jeff Blaschel? Like if, if Steve Eisenman is fine, is likes Jeff Blaschel and what he's doing there in terms of development and how they're using their players. I don't see what, what the need is to change that. It's a familiar face. Um, I remember him when he was uh, with the Grand Rapid Griffins. Uh, that was the same time when Ken Holland was GM and Eisenman was still the assistant before he went to Tampa. So mm-hmm. I guess there's that familiarity there too, where he's keeping his guys. Um. Also, we should mention, um, I, I don't have much to say. I, I don't know how good a coach he is. He's, he's had nothing to work with, and they're bad. 
just I I cannot seriously come on there and be like, yeah, good move. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. At least Eiserman can like look at it and like look at the situation. And be like, yeah, yeah. This one, is thing where we I, are. Uh, one thing I I looked at when um I was reading on this is apparently he's getting the most out of Dylan Larkin, where there's that fit there. That's important. Yeah. I mean, um, no one else really on that roster. I have uh, some something funny. Okay. Um, for Vancouver, since we just got off that topic. Okay. This Saturday, this Saturday, this is from Uncle Lilith on Twitter. Uh, protest Saturday, three to four at the Rogers Arena Plaza. Hashtag Aquilini out. Banner flying over English Bay at four thirty. I I can't wait. I wonder if as many people are going to go to that as when they protested Don Cherry and fired. Can't wait to see the turn. Oh that's going to be hilarious. Right. Um, from Frank Saravelli, who's leaving TSN. That's rough. Hearing Kraken are planning to interview free agent coach Rick Talkett. He would be first candidate known, sorry, the first known candidate for Seattle head coach, one of four current NHL openings. Also, hearing the Kraken have been interviewed Leafs director of pro scouting, Troy Brody, sorry, Troy Bodie for front office position. But there was also a report that Talkin is also being interviewed by the Rangers. Well, hearing some news out of Seattle, and I would really hope that one of those other known or un- unknown candidates is freaking Gerard Gallant and Patrick Watt. Patrick Watt, Seattle. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, first off, I completely forgot about Troy Bodie there. Um, Leafs legend. Like, I forgot it. I went to go search him up and then I'm like, he played for the Leafs. Forgot about yeah. that. He, um, I forgot he was married to the daughter of one of the coaches. I remember. But what me, does it me, mean for Seattle out. trying to get him? I don't care about who he's married to. No, I, I, please. I mean, they've done, they've done well in terms of pro scouting. I think they, the players that they have acquired, um, in the last, couple of years have have really fit the need of the team and what the the image that Kyle Dubas has has of this team and look Jake uh, Muzzin uh Jack Campbell even this year Hutton Riddick Felino right so it seems like he's good at his job before we move on Tribody is married to former MLSC CEO daughter Tim Laiwiki you want to That's talk about talk it too? That's yeah, kind of where Talkett. I was going here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Like now yeah. we're going. Yeah, with Rick talking. Yeah, um, I'm the that. one who um put that in the doc where um the Kraken are, you know, <laughs> what did I say? They they are. Uncharted the, the search begins on charted waters because Rick Trockett is a known commodity. He is someone who coached before, so I think there is that element of. Yeah, yeah, he's done it before. Let's see what he can do. Also, um, I'm pretty sure he's really well acquainted with Ron Francis. Like, there's the law. Didn't they pl- have they played together somewhere? Uh, Is that, you love looking that up. Uh, yeah, let me check that. I can't. Oh, they're so gonna be. Was it Ryan Whitney? No, it was Anthony Stewart. See if they played together on Pittsburgh or something like that. Because you got hockey is so it's like a it's like a, a spider's web, just how thingy it is. Like you know, I think we all kind of agreed that it was kind of weird that he left Arizona. That's really weird. And like also about Bodie, I want to mention you know like Seattle, the staff that they are putting together so far. Mm-hmm. People are talking about how special it is. Um, 
and like crap. I'm liking it so far. Like even if they're not good to start, and I saw some of the projected rosters, I'm like, oh, it's worse. Yeah. Oh man, they are not looking great. Um, like they're getting the right people, man. Like talk it. I don't. I don't think he'd be the. They have a lot of good options. Have you found if they play together yet? Yes, the connection is. Francis and Tockett won back-to-back cups together on the Penguins. Would, would Yager have been there? Yeah. No, he, yeah. So It was Yager and Lemieux also on that team. Ron Francis with Lemieux and Yager? Yeah, Francis was the – he was the Evgeny Malkin on that team. He was the second-line center. I would say that Yager yeah. is, is the, the Mario is – the, is the Malkin. Okay. Maybe that's why no one ever talks about how good Ron Francis was, is because he played behind Yager and Lemieux. <laughs> Speaking of, if you want to know something about Lemieux, check out the TikTok coming soon. And I think before we keep going here, it's perfect time to mention. I'm pretty sure we should just edit it in. And then once the listeners have listened to it, we will quickly see what we think about. The two-on-one podcast, Leafs Habs prediction of guests and reunionship, because we have asked multiple of our previous guests to send in videos about their predictions for the series between Montreal and the Leafs. It's a bit lopsided. It's a bit biased, but it's all in good fun. Now, just for some context, we asked everyone to send in like a 10, 15 minutes, sorry, 10, 15 seconds. Yeah. 10 to 15 second video. Yep. The first clip you will see is of nearly two minutes because Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't ask him. Uh, we didn't give them a proper um, like attire oh, list. No, so whatever he's true. wearing, that's his yeah. choice. So I texted Mike. I said, I said, hey, make sure you throw in some chirps, whatever. Because I'm like knowing Mike, he'll do it anyways. But I just wanted to make sure he wasn't going to be boring even though that's impossible for mike um and he's like okay how long do you want i said "Eh, 30 seconds i think is enough i'm like okay he's like okay so he's i don't know if he sent it in the group chat or if he sent it just to me i think he said in the group chat and it's two minutes long why why because it's mike so uh, before we do go, we want to say thank you to Will Christopoulos, Will Baldwin, Donald Higney, Laura Kuypers, uh, Chase, what's his last name, Alex? Dreberg. Dreberg, great guy. Gives Caulfield some love. Um, and yeah, thanks, Not, Mike. Have a good time. <laughs> so enjoy this prediction. Hi, 2 on one podcast fans and hosts. I'm Mike Jagasar. I hope this message finds you well. I hope this message finds you in good health, and especially Adam, I hope this message finds you in good spirits, because they're about to get crushed. I'm sorry, no hostility here, I digress. Um, Adam asked me a ways back to come up, film a video about, with my official prediction for the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs uh, opening round matchup between the Montreal Canadiens and your Toronto Maple Leafs. And my official prediction goes as follows. Leafs in five. Uh, now, the Toronto Maple Leafs, my team, I believe, you know, they just have a relatively, you know, relatively deep roster. Someone call it a quote-unquote absolute wagon. Um, 
Are there questions surrounding goaltending potentially? Are there questions surrounding effort and compete level? Of course. Do can the Montreal Canadiens come and punch them in the mouth and uh, make one of the biggest upsets ever that would leave me crushed? And me and Alex would be stuck in our rooms crying forever? Yes, of course. But do I believe the Montreal Canadiens have a better roster than the Toronto Maple Leafs? No. I think they got a good team, but anytime you're playing Eric Stahl over Cole Caulfield, I think there are some serious problems. Uh, despite that, I also think this big guy right here, who just got the Rocket Richard Trophy, who formally awards him today, um, is going to be firing on all cylinders. You may have heard of him, Austin Matthews. Um, but, yes, I think this will be a great series. I think it will be very entertaining, very heavy-hitting, and if the, if the Montreal Canadiens come and put an upset and completely shock this fan base, then, Adam, I will never speak to you again as a friend. What's up, guys? I'm here with my two-on-one podcast, Habs and Leafs Playoff Review. You already know I got to stay with the buds. Um, I'm going to take the Leafs in six. On a side note, though, I'm also predicting Cole Caulfield to have three goals. Um, but yeah, Leafs in six. I think it's going to be a fairly easy series for them. But I think uh, Montreal is going to squeak out two, uh, two real tight games, possibly in overtime. But I think it's going to be a really fun series to watch. And I think we're going to see a lot of offense. The Montreal Canadiens will win the series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think it'll take seven games, and I think Nick Suzuki will get the series winning goal. I say Leafs in five with my uneducated hockey opinions. I know the Leafs have been good all year, and I think the Canadiens are down a couple players. Maybe there'll be a big game from Cole Caulfield, but I think overall the Leafs roster is really strong. The power play concerns me. I'm sure it concerns all of uh Leafs Twitter and Leafs fandom, but I'll be taking the Leafs in five. You know, the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't won a playoff series since I was in kindergarten. And with the season they've had this year, a lot of people would be worried. I mean, they're the best team in the division, one of the best teams in the league on paper. It's not a great matchup, but we have history on our side in Montreal. And let's be honest, Leafs fans, you guys like, you're excited about playing Montreal, but in your head, you're scared because this is the one team you guys can't lose to. And I would be worried. I would be worried, except 31 is back. And as long as 31's back, I'm feeling good. Habs in seven. I know Leaf fans are worried and you guys should be because let's be honest, when was the last time something good happened to you? Let's just add another thing to the list of things that traumatize you with another devastating playoff loss, this time to your Montreal Canadiens. Hey, what's going on? 201 Podcast, my boys. Happy to be back here to give my prediction for the Leafs and Habs series starting up on Thursday. You know, uh, both good teams, but I see the Leafs winning this one pretty cleanly. I'm going to go with five. I'm going to go Leafs in five, but but if the Habs can push it to a game six, get that home crowd going, you know, I can see them pushing it to seven, and then who the hell knows? You know, it's hockey. Hockey is the most parody in any of the sports, and, and anything can happen. I'm going to go Leafs in five, but wouldn't be surprised if this goes a little bit deeper. Go Cats. And we're back. Wow. So I know now who is banned from the show, by the way. Mike. Mike. Mike is... <laughs> Mike's gone. Like, what was he doing with those glasses? By the way, check I out the it. YouTube portion because when you hear it, I also quickly threw up the handles for all their Twitters. Again, uh, thank you to all of you uh, for sending your videos in. Really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, um, but it's going to be fun, this series. Um we're not getting it till tomorrow still. But we will 
be on social media about it. Yeah, I have a probably. feeling that probably I, I was going to mention to you guys, but might as well mention in front of the listeners. I'm assuming one of us. I'm assuming we'll alternate like live tweeting. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And we will try to be unbiased. I that's, don't know how that's, that's going to that's, go. So okay, so I if if that's how it is, then Daniel has to do all. Uh, okay, because Daniel's the, the least jersey right yeah, but, now. Uh, yeah, but he is the least unbiased of the two of the three of us. I mean, if I wear a Ducks jersey, people are gonna be like, "Does this guy even watch hockey?" It doesn't matter. Been <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, God, where where are we? I should wear my penguins. You know what? We jersey. should get Mike to do the live tweeting for the. Oh account. my gosh, I'm gonna get flagged, probably. Okay. Anyway, uh, so the Leafs. Has there been any updates since we last? Everyone's month? back. It's that's everyone's back. Everyone they're just deep. That's I mean, that's what I've read. We did touch on Campbell starting in Nash last episode, but since then, yes, Hyman is back. Hyman, I believe, is back. Bogosian will play game one. Yeah. That is confirmed. That was who, from this morning. So who is coming out for Zach Bogosian? Travis Dermott. That's the right decision. I believe that's the right decision. Because Cup winner, now, that was that was the lineup from this morning. Obviously, that can change at any point. But yeah, tomorrow's he, a different day. Some coaches say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the right one. I mean, future Seattle crack and Travis Dermott? Question mark. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Um, you gotta make the most of these moments with him, though. I mean, you know, I love that clip of like he's like talking like this kid and like they're talking about like animals and Travis is going out about like rhinos and giraffes. It's the most, it's the cutest thing ever. People should go find it. Um, I just want to get to the games. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, we've been talking about this series for over a week. And there's just nothing. It's just every day you're just like, oh, crap, it's not even Thursday yet. Um, like we've had like both provinces update COVID stuff since like the start of the playoffs, and like we don't even know what's going on. Just your province. Like, well, no, well, Doug did say. I think no, no, since what? the playoffs, Doug, Doug did say, "Hey there, we're extending everything again." Oh now, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank That's you. It. Thanks for the reminder. What was the update? <laughs> Nothing. Um, I, um, it's Trudeau's fault. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought there was an update on like. Extending it past June 2nd. No, uh, I don't know. Oh, no, no. Uh, I mean, I meant that. I hate this. Updating quotation marks. Which was supposed to end today, actually, like the initial date of the lockdown. I hate this province. We have some real updates in Quebec because, and it came out like as I was arriving back in Montreal. If this series goes to a game six, we will have fans in the arena in Montreal. 2,500, I think it's 12% capacity. I think so. So what I, what I kind of want to say here, and by the way, season ticket holders have been interviewed that in the next couple of days, we will find out ways about buying tickets. Wow. If, they, if the Habs don't push this to six at least, I'm going to be mad. I'm seriously going to be mad. Um, anyway, though, um, and that's because you know COVID in Montreal has, or Quebec has been a lot better than you know Toronto and that, unfortunately. Um, like weekly cases that have gotten, it's just, it's been really good here. Um, as good as it can be. The curfew will be lifted the day before the game. Um, 
God, suck it, my guy. He made you know how like just I want to peel back the curtain here. Every time we do a watch party, Mike always makes a joke about the goddamn curfew in Montreal. <laughs> but you know what, Mike? We may have a curfew, but you know what? We're gonna get to see a hockey game if the team makes it, and you can't go golfing. So suck it. I just you, want yeah. you to say that. Um I somehow there's oh my god. What? Can I? I just I hate our leaders. I just want to point that out. I, like with I a know. burning. Not John Tavares though. Not John Tavares. So like, you, know, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. The, you know what? The buds are going to go down to the course, and um, that's like my no, they're not going to go down to the course. No, they're not. They're not allowed. No. They got to even um, shoot some hoops. No, they're not allowed. No, those anyway, are closed. We will we'll end it with this stuff. Um. Yeah, Price Gallagher had their stint in the rocket. It was the, it was like rough off, like get off the dust. Who cares? We just want the playoffs to start. Um, what I do want to mention before we go here though is um, and by the way, if they push it to six, that should be some goddamn incentive for this team so we can get some fans and like some chanting. That'd be freaking sick. So it's gonna be difficult for Montreal to push it to six if they don't play their best players. And so Dominic Ducharme is has this sort of thing, and apparently all the coaches and Mark Bergevin had a similar lineup to start the playoffs. And basically what that means is the third line would have Corey Perry, Josh Anderson. That's pretty good so far. But the third line center would be Eric Stahl. Top six wingers, the Deneau line is back in touch because it looks like everyone's healthy. Weber was shooting today, so that's really good. Top line, Deneau, Gallagher, Tatar. We love to see a great line. The second line, Suzuki, Toffoli. That's pretty good. Yolarmia. Fourth line, Evans, like an in Byron, good line. So out of that, you all of a sudden realize that the Habs are not going with Jesperi Kokkinemi or Cole Caulfield. On the defense with Weber being back, it has somehow pushed out Alexander Romanov and John Merrill will come in. I will remind you that the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens last year said, if not for the signing rules, Romanov was ready to play last year. And they burned the first year of his ELC to do that. I will also remind you that Stahl, Armia, and Merrill will all probably be gone in the summer. This is all in the excuse of experience. And Dari Ducharme says, trust me, if things don't go well, game one, we're changing things up. I don't trust you. No. I'm going to say that. I believe that he will make the changes. I hundred. We all know what he's like with line changes. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. I just don't like the idea of, hey, that. He said Caulfield needs to practice. Shut up. Isn't it concerning? Like, I I thought it was really interesting that Romanov isn't in, but it's also more concerning to me that um, it wasn't just Ducharme who had this lineup. It's like, okay, you know who your player, best players are, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Why isn't Kanyemi in? Like, he was one of the bright spots in that series against Pittsburgh and and in Philadelphia. Yes. And you're not going to play him in Game One. Caulfield has been a bright spot the last since he's joined the joined the team, mm. and you're not going to play him. So, the stuff that I'll say here is is. I don't see that there's an excuse why Caulfield's not playing or Romanov. Now, 
do Sean have this quote about seeing with cocky? I mean, it's like you're trying to bang a nail in, but sometimes the nail can go off straight and you're either going to break it or, yeah. um, and how there wasn't a lot of practice. I can get that, but even that was a bit of a stretch because, like, you get it. Um, but young Steinerman, however, like, no, I, I like, I get it. Like, I, I really do. That's all I'm going to give him credit for, though. I, I don't see an excuse why Caulfield's not playing. I, I really can't see it because when he was first called up to the team, he didn't play right away mm-hmm. because he was practicing. Romanov right. Yeah. Right. has played all year and has not just done that. He's played pro hockey for years before this in Russia. Right. I, I don't understand it. Like, I get experience, but at the same time, you are you – are, you are, I don't think Eric Stahl is a full-time NHLer anymore. It With, doesn't make sense to me. With Kotkaniemi, is it a matter of like rest? Like I, I maybe I mi- mistook the quote, but it seemed like he was saying that Kotkaniemi was tired because he would have he's played he's played every single game this season, right? Well, I'll double check, but I can't remember many games, if any, that he he was out for. Well, and I look, I'm like, but Montreal last played what last Monday? Yes. Yeah, it's been a while. So that's that'll be a week and a half. Well, yeah. Well, don't forget they they were the team that played more than anyone else, and he he did no, play. No, I, I know, but I'm saying like you have a full week and a half. I I I don't know unless I mistook the quote for saying he hasn't been playing well and he needs to take a step back and watch. If that's the point he's trying to make, then I guess. But if it's a matter of rest, I get that's been the busiest schedule. Which, again, <laughs> Toronto played on Friday. I. Whatever scheduling, I don't want to get into it, but it's been a week and a half. They, they, no, I didn't think it was a tire thing, I think it was a bad habit thing. Okay, that towards the end of the year, like, let me say this him and Stahl were not either great at the end of the year. It's just the thing with Stahl is like at his age, you expect him not to rebound anymore. When yes, Barry, you would think so. Um, that's where I would be like, okay, like I can give you the benefit with yes, Barry. And again, like there is this thing of the Habs have had no practice time. Um, And as much as we made fun of the Canucks, um, you know, once they got later into the season, they weren't as disastrous. Um, Like, and we talked about it with Dubois. He will be better with the Jets next year once he has a camp under him, right? Um, Right. Do I think Ducharme has had the great opportunity to succeed? No, because he took over mid-season. And don't forget how dumb the start of Montreal season where it was like road trip, two weeks off, a few more games by week. And then they were just screwed for the rest of the year. However, I don't like these decisions going into the play. Cause I just simply, I get experience, but it's just, you're just taking away from all the quality you could have. And I mean, like I like uh, Josh Anderson's a fast player. Sure. He is. This is a fact. It's just, I don't like the thing of by the time he catches up it were when he, by the time him and Corey Perry, sorry, Stall and Corey Perry catch up to Anderson in the other zone, Ilya McKay is going to be going the other way. Like, that's what I am worried about. And, like, the series is obviously going to tighten up because it's the playoffs. It's just I, I cannot – you can give me all this crap about experience or whatever. I do not understand a team that can't score sitting this young goal scorer who has scored at every level, whether it is postseason, regular season, um, best-on-best competition. Uh, and I don't get moving – like, getting rid of a young defenseman who you know can skate. Um, when you don't have many of those, it's him and Patriot. Uh, I just it is you, odd. You're, yeah. yeah, you're sacrificing, you know, a, a players, two players that address major needs for you 
against a team that with the Leafs that are the exact opposite is that they have all the skating defense and you can need and they score it well. Yeah. It's just like when do you look at a team like Toronto where again, the emphasis on everyone coming back has been depth. It's just the way I see Montreal is like to fight back against that. Wouldn't you want to get the most out of these guys that have already shown, you know, in a small sample size or even throughout the season that, they they can handle the responsibility. Like I again, I love Eric Stahl. I yeah. love Eric Stahl. I've I've always liked him. And the fact is, like you, you've shown, he's shown already what he can do in this limited role. What he's been able to do, like since you know he was putting up seventy points or so with Minnesota. That it's just it's just not there anymore. Mm-hmm. The same thing with the Paul Byron addition there where I know the whole leadership he's a fan favorite guy you know oh. he could play the bottom six but it's just I, I don't those know those are two very different scenarios I know I know it's just oh, I'm, thinking, good. Like, I'm thinking of like a right oh, winger <laughs> that you would put Cole Caulfield in because yeah. like the way I see Montreal's fourth line it's a very traditional line like I'm gonna be biased here I'm look at Minnesota's fourth yeah. line where they're playing someone like Nico Sturm, who who also like he's a late bloomer, but he's also an NCAA guy. Yeah. But that's what they've been able to do against the Golden Knights is that they've been able to roll out four lines who they believe in. Because if we're gonna use the experience example, Zach Parise hasn't played like has not played in the playoffs yet, and he's healthy. Uh, I, I I understand that, but I don't think you take Byron out because it's more than just leadership with him. Does he score like he used to? No. But you know that line is going to outwork anyone else. Um, I would rather you take out the Yolar Mia because at the end of the day, if you want Caulfield and you need a centerman that can get him the puck, and do I like Evans and Lekkonen with that? Yes, but I don't want to take Byron out. I, he's too useful a player in the sense of um, if you want to take, if you want to have a really good comparable here, would you take Ilya Mikheyev out right now? No, you wouldn't because he gets scoring chances. He's fast. He can't finish, and he's a good penalty killer. That's Paul Byron. Um, you don't get rid of the the uh, Swiss Army knife player like that. Um, I I would rather get rid of a Yola Armia who is very much a on and off player. Where you're like, I don't know what I'm getting from him every night. If he's good, sweet, he'll be good for this series, but he'll be bad for the rest of the playoffs. Um, I don't know if Byron's the right guy to take out there. And and again, it was it's weird whenever you have like. Lekin and Evans, they're good, and you just kind of put whoever there. It's just not Byron, man. No, don't do that. Don't like Stahl's like Stahl doesn't have anything left in the tank anymore. It's bad. I think that's it, though. Eh? I think we're yeah. good. I think so. Okay. Everyone go on Twitter, see if we're missing anything. See if for some reason Max Pacioretty's been traded for Jack Eichel because Vegas don't care <laughs> how anything works. Um, and We'll see. Paul Maurice confirms Dubois. Or e- wait, wait, what? Oh, no, Dubois and Ehlers in game one for Winnipeg. That's a real shame. And um, did you guys know that Lando Norris has re-signed the McLaren? That's pretty cool. I did Congrats. Yeah, that's good. Good for him. He's pretty good. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Predators have a different lineup for game two tonight. Coach John Hines said he did not elaborate other than to say that some changes will be performance-based and others might be health-related. So, yeah, 
the Vegas Golden Knights, the Minnesota Wild, the Nashville Predators, the Carolina Hurricanes. We love hockey, and they do too on most days. So I believe that's everything. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Someone's shaking their head at me, and I would wish they would text me so I'm not disrupting the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was us. I'm like, am I not? Sh- I'm not shaking my head. Am I bobbling? Oh, congratulations to Haley Wickenheiser, yeah. Doctor yes, Wickenheiser. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's I, I, pretty I, sick. That and that's cool. Her new role in the Leafs. First off, good hire as in diversity in the front office. Second of all, she's a freaking. Let me find a six six zero tweet actually quickly. As you guys um, talk about good old Haley Wickenheiser. Yeah, I think she's been with the team for a couple years now, or a few years now, and she's been doing her, I get PhD in uh, kind of behind the scenes. Like everyone kind of knew about it, but it wasn't very, she wasn't very vocal about it until recently. Mm-hmm. It's too humble. So from Sid Sixero, Haley Wickenheiser is a four-time Olympic gold medalist, a seven-time world champion, is a hockey hall of famer, is a member of the Leafs player development, is a member of the Order of Canada, a leader in COVID-19 relief efforts, a doctor, and is an absolute beast. And I saw someone here say, the Wayne Gretzky of women's hockey, and then someone says, meh, he's not even the doctor. <laughs> it's like, that was, was, was pretty sick. Um, that's awesome, man. I think, I think the Devils made a, a new hire too, didn't they? I want to see if um, I can quickly find that. New Jersey, New Jersey Devils hire. As you can tell, we really love the New Jersey Devils. Um, Megan Duggan. Oh yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. I, let's see. Let me see if I can find. She um, played for the states as well, didn't she? Manager, yeah. Player development within our hockey operations department for the New Jersey Devils. This you was love it. Four hours ago. And uh, yeah, and then you started asking the question. Um, you know what? I think if any team is like the first to have any sort of female like GM, AGM, assistant coach, coach, I'm taking a bet at Seattle, by the way, just because the way they're going. Them or Toronto, probably. Um, but sweet. I mean, let's go. You love to yeah. see it. Um, now I think, to see this. I think that is everything, though, now. We have been hitting the mic. I think we are we are done. We have gone for almost four uh, two hours. Why do I say four hours? I don't know because that's um, just secretly how long you want to go for. Look, yeah. look for um, look for a TikTok. We're doing yeah. some of that soon. Yes. Goodbye.